is Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast that's more color commentary than play-by-play. Each week, we dig into Raw, SmackDown, recent pay-per-views, and wrestling news, plus all the random stuff we can't wait to talk about with each other and you. I am Abigail, and I am here with my friend Jillian, and we are going to talk SmackDown and Raw in that order. All right. I hope someday this gets remixed into like <laughs> a pop song, like a dance song. Just that's my dream. That's all TikTok, I want. Just like a TikTok song yes. that just doesn't ever go away. Oh my gosh, I'd be so honored. So I'm excited to talk about SmackDown because there were quite a few things in it that I enjoyed. Uh, I did. Same I season. did learn. When did I, I think today I was reading through some wrestling news and I learned that that SmackDown was apparently their highest rated SmackDown of the year so far. Like that makes so much sense to me because I think it was the highest rated by uh, me. Yeah, as also, far as personally. like viewership, they had like the highest rating. So I was like, well, that's fun. Um, I don't know if you caught this, and it's okay if you didn't. But like when the Usos were 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 out, and mm-hmm. they were saying "We the Ones," like there was something happening with the crowd. Did you notice it? I don't really remember. I didn't okay, notice. I don't know it. exactly what happened. I didn't. But I was like, what was happening? Okay, uh, maybe if they do it again, I'll have to pay attention. Bummer. Um, so I was really, like, upset. <laughs> when, like, <laughs> like I was one hundred percent fooled by the prank. I was traumatized <laughs> by the bullying of Sami Zayn. I was Zane, so upset about live it. on SmackDown. Really sad, and I was like, "Oh my God, Roman Reigns, you're so mean, using your dad voice, yelling at poor Sami Zayn." Like I was oh so my God, yeah, like, like I I was like we are watching Sammy Zayn's heartbreak in real time. Sammy's face is so expressive and I was like feeling so bad for him but also like so excited by Roman Reigns' dad voice. <laughs> so it was like a real cluster of emotions. For I me. was uh, I was really upset and then when they they brought out the honorary Ooth shirt which I feel like that shirt's going to sell like a bazillion like units i don't know what you call I it one. i know i know okay. it's amazing like good job marketing good job whomever it was that came up with that like the joy on sammy's face i was overjoyed i was so excited it was wonderful okay we also have to talk about who wasn't excited jay uso because <laughs> that entire i mean as you know i have been like a dedicated jay uso reaction commentator since we started this podcast yes. and like i went through all the stages of elation and grief with him he was like finally <laughs> finally i am done with this man i don't have to watch his stupid dances i don't have to wonder if he's ever gonna wash his hair spoilers he's not he is out <laughs> and then just to watch his little face crumple oh i the, the highs and lows of this segment alone were like almost enough like i was satisfied <laughs> it was amazing and i like i just feel like now you know sammy and um solo have this like beautiful bond forming and they're besties yes best friends yes, for life it makes me really happy i am really really digging it um i really like and this is such a simple thing but I like that each member of the bloodline has this sort of distinct role that they play and character that they bring. It feels like the faction is really well fleshed out to me. Like you've got a leader who at once absolutely deserves his spot, but also everyone is sick of seeing him in it and he's kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. You've got like 
a constant supporter and booster in Jimmy, who is like here for the team. You've got the clown in Sammy. You've got like the doubting Thomas in Jay. And now you've got Solo Sokoa, who is like stoic and violent and has like a real uh, Samoa Joe vibe to him. And I just like, I dig the whole thing. I definitely prefer. Well, okay, I'm not gonna. I was gonna say I prefer them as a stable to like Judgment Day, but I don't think that's true. I think that their vibe as a group is better than Judgment Day's vibe as a group, like as far as their interactions. And it could be because they've like they've all known each other for a super long time. I mean, Sammy Zayn's right. kind of the add-on there, but like like those dudes, I imagine go way back, especially since you know three of them are brothers. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, two of them were roommates in the womb for nine w- months. Womb-mates. So. Womb-mates. Womb-mates. <laughs> womb-mates. <laughs> I'm really and we get our And we get our first cease and desist letter from the Usos. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll cease and desist if you make me an honorary Us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, I would do it for the teacher. Um, I, I would have never thought to spell Us, U-C-E, but it makes sense because otherwise it's either us or use so like <laughs> phonetically i get right it. that's but it's a challenge it's a challenge to look at i get it 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 threw me off but yeah i don't i don't know i mean like when you first said that you like them better than the judgment day i was immediately like this is the last episode of this podcast and the last episode of our friendship but you know i i feel like it's a radically different vibe and i think it's I get why you like it more. I 100%. And I think depending on how things play out, I might like it more. I don't know if I like it more. I'm just saying like it definitely feels more cohesive to me than Absolutely. Yeah, they Judgment Day. they feel like a unit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I really there's a lot I 100%. really like about Judgment Day. I like their aesthetic, for example, black and purple. Mm-hmm. You're going to have me every time with black and purple. But I think That's there are true. elements of Judgment Day that I think are <laughs> which, you know, Dominic I get that notice. Wow. I went there. I went there. Wow. You did go there. Can I also just wanted to mention that um, when uh, Paul Heyman said, what do you call people from Utah? I immediately said, you call them Mormons, Paul, be respectful. (laughs) And then uh, he came up with you titiots, which I thought was a a pretty great insult. It is a great insult. I had forgotten about that. A pretty great insult. I'm glad you mentioned that. So I I just wanted to praise Paul Heyman. He's for that. great. Pretty delightful. He is great. I'd hang out with that guy. I'd love to have him on the podcast. The stories he could tell. There's a swell of what I've noticed in men's fashion, and it makes me think of Paul Heyman every time, or Hannibal, is the like suit coming back with like, it's not checkers, it's not plaid. I don't know what you, I don't know what you call that pattern, but like, you know, there's the broad plaid. Broad plaid. Like I keep noticing it everywhere now. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like it's a real look. And I feel like Paul Heyman does it well. He does. Like, he wears it with authority. And I dig that. And he always wears a suit. He always does. Because, you know, he's formal. He didn't come here it's to party. It's business time. It's business time. <laughs> um, That's all I had about that match. But I... Or not match. Sorry, that opening. That just made me really happy. And um, I was... Yeah, I spanned the emotional spectrum on that one. No, that's that is absolutely how I felt too and I'm really curious like are we going to see this play out in some fashion at war games or I should say survivor series war games like where will the bloodline be 
when we get to Survivor Series war games and how will some of these competing interests and emotions play out on that stage. So I'm very, very interested. I am too. And also, I mean, in between we have Extreme Rules and Crown Jewel and like a month of time. So like over a month of time, how's that going to, I mean, so much can change in that amount of time. Exactly. I I feel like there's so much potential there and so much time to stretch it out. And I really hope it stretches out in a satisfactory fashion. Agreed. I'm on board with you there. Um, I, I'm just going to say it. I don't like Lacey Evans. Um, Oh God, I'm so glad you said it. I've never enjoyed her. Like, I just like, don't get me wrong. I love a pinup girl. I love the bit, but like, great. I don't, I don't like how she did it. I don't like the whole weird, creepy moral high ground thing that she did. Um, I don't like having a move called the women's right. That is not about a woman's right to choose because I'm a stick in the mud. <laughs> I think that's fine. I I didn't I didn't understand her like weird camouflage makeup streaks across her forehead. I don't know what that was supposed to accomplish. And I also like I feel like and maybe, you know, I I feel like she's like in a weird place with her character and doesn't really know because like she's wearing like camo everything, but she's still wearing the stockings with the seams. Right. I'm just like, what right. is it's happening? Confusing. Yeah. So I don't. And to be fair, I totally missed like her transition from like 40s Lacey to commando Lacey. So I don't really know like what the motivation was there or anything. And it's maybe it's my fault right. for not being able to follow along, but I just am confused about it. I mean, I feel like the the problem, the problem is never the viewer, right? because you have to make content for the viewer. And when you have a program that makes so much content, you kind of have to make it so that the viewer can dip in and out like soap operas, right? Like you haven't watched in six months, but you can sit down and watch days of our lives and kind of get back into the groove. Um, So if you can't get into days of Lacey's life, then and I'm not blaming that on Lacey Evans because Lacey Evans does not run the writer's room. Right. Um, but I, and you know, yeah, of course you miss stuff, you miss stuff, but I, I also feel that with her to be a hundred percent Frank, I thought that her camo face paint was some kind of blight. I was worried for her, (laughs) like maybe something had happened. There was a fungal issue. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and I, I feel like she's probably trying to draw on her past of military service, which makes sense, right? Like be the character that you know how to be, bring in your background, but it feels like she's just kind of angry and mean and I don't really know why but she's also not fun enough as a mean girl that I'm like that's sufficient she's a jerk I'm just kind of like oh okay yeah I yeah I I would like to like her more but so far I have been unable to so um the other thing I want to say like Liv Morgan is is women's champion yes I didn't see her championship run so I have no idea so for me it's really weird because like she still feels like a minor character I guess like which sounds strange but like I watch her and I'm like she's the champ like it's just weird to me and I don't really know like I'm not sure how to parse that out but one thing I I do really like is like she's not out there 
like winning every single match all the time. It's not like I'm the champ and I win everything all the time. And I just really like that she's right. losing. Yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, she does win, but I, I don't know. I just kind of like it that it's not like I come out and just kick everybody's ass. So she's not squashing anybody. Yeah. So I, I always feel like it's, it's two ways for me with Liv Morgan and it has nothing to do with Liv Morgan. Cause I like her. I think she's a good competitor. I enjoy watching her. Same. So on one hand, I'm like, you know, we were literally in this episode trash talking Liv Morgan for being nice. Like Liv Morgan loaned me 10 bucks for lunch once. And that's how I know she sucks and anyone can destroy her. Like her, I don't know, like the talking about how she's nice and that's why she can't beat Ronda Rousey feels dumb to me. Wait, they were doing that? Like, oh yeah, I, that was I'm, like part of the commentary okay. thread is basically like Liv Morgan is so nice. Everyone loves okay. her. And that's why she's not ready for Ronda Rousey. And it's like, <laughs> I totally missed that. <sighs> I wish I had missed it because it infuriated me. I'm like, okay, that's, that's stupid. And I hate it. But I do like what you're talking about where Liv Morgan has to be a fighting champion. Like you feel the drama in her matches mm -hmm. of will she win, won't she yes. win? I like You that. know, it's like it feels exciting because you're pulling for her and you want to see her overcome. So that I am liking. The I feel like she is in many ways getting a Jeff Hardy title run. Okay. Um, because frequently for me in the past on any occasion when Jeff Hardy had a title, it was sort of like, oh, he's worked so hard and he's waited so long and everyone likes him. But, you know, can he really get it done? I still feel that. And I totally. Well, that's fair. I mean, those are all valid questions, IRL. But <laughs> but that was really mean. I am going to special hell. Anyway, the thing is, like, there's a I think there's a very fine line in the narrative for me between like you know, this person has not, you know, been to the mountain before, but they are really climbing, you know, they're really getting there. And like, I don't know, man, this person is like, kind of nice. And I don't really believe in them. And let's bury them before the actual right. like, title match defense, whatever happens. And I, sometimes I feel like with live, they're not walking that line super well. Okay. But that's from a commentary perspective. I am liking what I'm seeing from Liv in the ring. I'd like live. Yeah, I, I do too. I just I feel like I'm having a and maybe the commentary was like soaking into my brain subconsciously. Cause I really, I, I kind of remember them talking about her being nice, but it's just weird for me to like, I, my brain is not in the headspace that she is the champ. And so, no, I get that. I totally get because that. Because they're, they're not like treating her that way. They're just like waiting for her to lose the, the title at any moment. I think there's a different, and I think part of it is they're not so much burying Liv Morgan as they're boosting Ronda Rousey. Bitch. And that's for me where the problem comes in because there's a world of difference between, you know, when Liv Morgan went up against Ronda Rousey or anyone in the whole world, like we didn't know if she could get it done. And wow, she has really blown us away. She's really proved that she can. And we're, we're dying to see where this goes versus like, yeah, you know, I don't think she's ready mm -hmm. to face Ronda Rousey. Mm -hmm. Those are really different streams for me. And I think you're right. It's, I feel like they are basing it on niceness. Like, oh, if you're a real bitch, you're going to win. If you're not, you're going to lose. It's like, are we, are we evaluating all wrestlers against this metric? Like, right? I don't like what a per them talking about what women a perpetual that way. that way. No, they never do. It's a perpetual trap for women, right? Like no one is like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, 
Bobby Lashley just seems really nice. <laughs> Bobby Lashley held the door for me, and I am pretty sure he is about to be destroyed in the ring. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're totally right. It's it's icky. There's there's another well, I think it'll come up later. I know I wrote it down. I feel like I wrote it down in this match or in this um I keep calling everything a match in this uh episode of SmackDown, but I I know I wrote it down in episode of Raw, but it <sighs> we could probably do an entire episode on it, but just kind of the way announcers talk about wrestlers and how different biases come out in the way they speak about people so things like that the way Mm -hmm. they talk about uh fat wrestlers the way they talk about you know the sizes of certain wrestlers you know like height width whatever the case may be and it's oh like they do weird some do some weird coded shit when there's people of color in the ring it's just like ugh. i just kind of want to like i think in one of your weekly letters to triple h you should <laughs> just be like dear mr h h dear dad dear dad dear dad i have some real concerns about what the what the commentators say dear dad i would really like to talk to you about a book called gender trouble i think we should pass it around the writer's room. Also, if you could send some money, that would be great. <laughs> Your least favorite daughter, Send Abigail. all of the money, please. <laughs> the money is the most important thing, but like then gender trouble, for sure. We, you're probably not going to understand it, but just send the money. I'll talk them through it. It's fine. We'll bring them on the podcast. I have an important question to ask, but I want I don't want to miss anything from... I was going to skip ahead a little bit in the evening. No, go ahead. Um, do it. How many pairs of old Navy Rockstar jeans do you think Braun Strowman actually owns? That is a fascinating question, and I believe the answer is somewhere between 25 and 50. And I think they're all red. I think they're all red. I think they're identical. I think he bought them in the same shipment. I really like that idea. I just really like that idea. Mm-hmm. I always find it really funny when a character like opens their closet and they just have like the exact same outfit for every single day. There's something really comforting in that for me. Um, I think it's like it's like that credit card ad with Taylor Swift where she's like, I think I'll wear a cardigan. Oh, I haven't seen that. Braun Strowman is like, I think I'll wear my rock star jeans. As someone who perpetually like struggles with what to wear each day, I just feel like there's something really nice about just the same thing every single day. Yet I like Absolutely. to buy random things of clothing, so I don't know. Have you purchased a red pair of rock star jeans? No, I haven't. Maybe we should. We could. Could be our uniform. When we wear it somehow that people will never ever see. <laughs> I'm wearing them now. That's all I just say. I promise right, you. We could be wearing them right now. I promise you I'm wearing my red rock star jeans, Braun Strowman. Uh, what do you think of his new merchandise? I think I'm embarrassed that I don't remember it. Run it back for me. Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> he debuted it. This was a trap. <laughs> he debuted it on Friday. Let me look because... Um, I was going to say, here's the thing. We produced this show on the internet, so. Um, I'm going to look up Braun Strowman merch. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. It's like green and it says monster of all monsters. Oh, monster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think monster of all monsters is an absolutely fabulous thing to call yourself. 
Um, so I, I feel like I would not be, I would not mind being branded that way. I think it's pretty great. And I also, I think if you wear the green shirt and the red pants, you've got a real holiday look going. I was going to say, so. also, I felt like it had kind of a Halloween-y vibe, like the way the shirt looked. Yeah, yes. But I just love the idea that like the other two times or something we had seen him show up, like the merch wasn't ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like soon, Bron, and then they had to like quick yoke it, you know, so that he could like wear it on the show, and I think tear it off eventually. I'm an, I'm, I'm an, yeah. Um, that's pretty delightful. Also, I have a question for you, and you might know this. Okay. When did women start refereeing? Do you know? Oh, I mean, it's man, that's a it good like question. Fairly recently. It is fairly recently. I'm gonna show my whole ass on this one, but I. I want to say the first, well, okay. So the question is really when did women start refereeing in WWE, yes, right? Yes, yes. Because. Because right. I know it's been a when thing they, for longer than that. I want to say she was an NXT, was the first female referee, but. That feels familiar to me. And that feels like years ago. It feels like quite a while ago. Oh, nope. No. Um, Rita Chatterton was WWE's first female referee in 1992. 1992? 1992! What the hell happened? We thought we reinvented the world. We did not. Wow. The rest of the headline was that she accused Vince McMahon of raping her. So that story went downhill into the trash well, real fast. Well, that's why she disappeared. Because I was like, why hasn't she been refing like, for many years? Well, obviously because right? you know, horrific things happened to her. I do, um, I do really appreciate seeing women in wrestling positions that aren't wrestling and aren't backstage commentator. Like I love, as you know, I loved Renee Young on the commentary desk. I like a lady referee. Yes, I agree. It makes me happy. I like when they're not being arm candy or manager. I mean, manager's fine, but usually manager translates to arm candy. Like, like, uh, is Miss. Miss Scarlet, a wrestler, or she's carrying Cross's spouse. Is does she wrestle? So my my understanding is that Scarlet did in fact wrestle on the Indies and perhaps elsewhere, but it looks like for now she is a spooky wife. Okay, it seems to be the case. I feel like so many wrestlers are just dating other wrestlers. Like it's just easier. It probably is easier. Like you're trying to explain to somebody like, look, I'm on the road 250 days a year and I have this weird job where I get hurt all the time. So I'm not going to want to go out and do anything. Yeah. Who's going to understand that? A hermit. I don't know. A a hermit or a fellow wrestler. (laughs) Uh, That's true. So sexy announcement (laughs) during Mm. SmackDown, Drew McIntyre. And a strap. It's a strap match. Very sexy announcement. Yes. I know. Well, yeah. When he had the thing like coiled up, you know, and he was like carrying it. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, what is that? And then, you know, I was like, well, it's not a belt. I'm like, oh my God, it's a strap. <laughs> strap match. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. I love stuff like that. I love a gimmick match. I was just going to say that I love a gimmick. Yes. And, you know, I am really here for Drew at this time in his career and not just because he is your fellow countryman Mm -hmm. from Scotland and I want to support Mm -hmm. you and all the Scottish people, obviously. But, you know, (laughs) I feel like I feel like Drew's storing is storing story is very cinematic and compelling. And if it takes us to a place where he is just 
beating down a half naked man with a leather strap, then you know what? I'm here for that too. Let's do it. And they have to stay like connected the whole time, right? They do. It's very intimate. Very intimate. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problems whatsoever with that. Okay. No, I'm I'm here for it. Definitely. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. So if I, if there's something that you really want to talk about that I missed, let me know. I do have a philosophical question about SmackDown. I, when they were saying that like their season premiere was coming up and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) this has been a topic of hot debate in my household. (laughs) How do you, how the fuck do you have a season premiere when it never stops airing? Okay, that's that's also what we said. Like, that's like the nightly news having a season premiere and a season finale. Like, that's not it's so weird. I just I always try to imagine how these things come about, <laughs> and I imagine like I mean, whenever it's dumb, I imagine that Vince is at fault, which is probably really really unfair. No, but I imagine he does that like wide ass gorilla walk into like <laughs> some sort of content meeting. Yep. And they're like talking about something completely different. Like, yeah, so logistically, I think if we plan this to hit when we're in Cincinnati and he's like, you know how TV shows have a season premiere? And like Triple H just has his head in his hands and he's like, yeah, yeah, Vince, I I have heard it. We should have a season premiere. It's like, why? And he just leaves. And then they just have to figure out like what that means. And they have to do it because he will never forget it. Right. No, he'll like, he'll keep asking about it. It's like, there's this like truism in marketing and content creation that behind every bad piece of content is a leader who asked for it. And I mean, that's Vince. And I assume he's like always asking for it. Like what's going on with the season premiere. And the minute they get it done, he's like, they're like, you know, should we talk about the season finale? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? Why would we need a season finale? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, that was really. I was just like, "What the fuck is happening?" So <laughs> mind blowing. When the, when Seamus and the Brawl and Brutes came out, and like, yes, they put like I don't know if they do this every time. I think they do. There's like a spotlight on Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's we know he's pale as a ghost. Like this isn't like, but it's like we do. <laughs> he was like <laughs> he was like a supernova. <laughs> So much light just glowed. I was like, "What is happening, Seamus? I am blinded." Bless you. Like Rihanna, he shines bright like a diamond. It was insane. Um, I also have a not at all controversial hot take. Um, I can't wait. I think Jay's going to do something to Sammy at one of the upcoming pay per views. I mean, (laughs) you could you could tell me. That Jay was going to do anything to Sammy from spitting in his lunch to cutting his brake lines. <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, that, that seems pretty reasonable. Pretty likely. Yeah. I, as I wrote that down, yeah. I was just like, yeah, this isn't really controversial, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. I have. Uh, no, I think that's real. I have one last question for my Smackdown okay. and then we can turn it over to Raw. Okay. Go homes. Okay. So like finishing moves. Okay. They're called go homes for a reason. They're called finishing moves for a reason. Why the fuck is it so often that it's just like, I'm going to put out my finisher and it doesn't do anything. I just feel like, I mean, I get like, there's got to be suspense, right? You can't land a finisher and then it always finishes or whatever, but it just seems like I see like 17 go homes in a match. 
I just want your thoughts on that. Do you, do you want like a real answer or what I think? Because only one of those is actually possible. Both. <laughs> okay. So you need to ask someone who knows more than me. That's fair. <laughs> but I just didn't know if you had I a theory. Feel like I do have okay. a theory. I always have a okay. theory. Um, I have an Austin theory. Oh my God. <laughs> I hope you know. I th- He's right behind me. So I think... I think that a lot of wrestlers have like a proto go home or like a pre go home that they can often win a low stakes match with or against like a jobber or a mid card dude or something like that. But then they really need to pull out like the showstopper. Okay. To actually win like a high stakes match. Um, So I think, I think that's kind of part of my theory. Um, I don't know. It's like, I always assume it's a complicated game of statistics, like in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if your RKO delivers 10 hit points, like, how many hit points does it take to bring down Matt Riddle? Although Randy would never RKO Matt Riddle. He loves him. But do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that like, makes sense. How much does it take? That makes sense. But it's not always like the same amount for every match it's not like every time no, Braun no, Strowman comes in he has 100 hit points and then just like good luck fuckers right I think it's it's very like you know flexing as the environment changes around okay it. but I think that makes sense that's my Thank theory you. you're welcome I'm always here for you that's all I had for Friday night smackdown do you want to talk a little Monday night I rap? absolutely do that one's fresher in my brain for sure I do have to uh all right preface it by saying I had I I watched like two plus hours of it uh Monday and then I watched like the Hulu cut today so I'm I don't think I missed a bunch of stuff but you know the Hulu cut is like there's always editing so yeah I was at one point like a little surprised to realize that people I thought who just weren't around anymore were just victims of the Hulu cut because I've been watching on Hulu too until we recently got Sling, which is great. Yeah. Not an advertisement, just a fan of Sling. I thought that they just like cut out the commercials for the Hulu cut, but they cut out more than that. So it's interesting. So I actually wanted to kick this one off with a question for you. Why is Ross so damn long? (laughs) I think that's a question for the ages, Abigail. I, um, I, I really, I, they went to the three hour format within the tenure of our friendship, I believe. Like, I feel like it was not always three hours. I don't know why they went to three hours. I mean, I know why they went to three hours, right? Money, money, money. But I feel like it's unnecessary. It's too long. Mm -hmm. It's a Monday night. I'm sorry if that makes me old, but it's just like. I'm really bored by like a lot of it. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like, okay. So I am always of two minds about this. One is I was like, man, there were a lot of really good matches on that show. I really appreciate the wrestling that happened on that show. And then I'm like, wow, there were a lot of commercials. There were a lot of commercials. And also just like, I mean, we've talked about this a little. It feels like 
three hours is a good time frame for a pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. And having that extra hour of content feels special and meaningful. Yes. Having it every Monday just feels like a bucket to fill. Well, I, I agree. And I think part of what what gets boring for me, because like the matches are fun. It's like my brain starts just like all the in-between content and like packages where they're showing like what's been happening, you know, the exposition stuff. Yes. Like it starts blending together for me with the commercials. And so I start missing things because mm -hmm. I'm just like completely zoned out. But I also think what's wearing on me a bit more is that because we keep seeing raw people on SmackDown and SmackDown people on raw, it feels like even longer. Yes. Which yep. sucks because like it should, you know, and maybe I'm not thinking about it in the right way, but it's like, I feel like I should be more excited because I get to see wrestlers more often because they're showing up right. on both Continuity. brands, but like I'm kind of not. So I, maybe it's my own thing I've got to deal with. I mean, I, look, to some extent, it is our own thing we have to deal with. But another very valid point is that I think the average human attention span is like seven seconds now. So like you're taking people who <laughs> wow. live in a seven second world and you're like, you can just sit here for three hours and watch a lot of commercials and repetitive like promo material, right? Yeah. It's like, it's no, rough. no, I can't. Also, I like, I'm 41 years old. I got to be in bed, guys. I have work in the morning. Yeah. I, I'm like, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, I no, I'm with you. That said, I did enjoy Raw very much. Me too. Week. I did so. as well. It was a good week. It was a good week. I also wanted to, so I really enjoy bianca asuka and alexa and damage control i enjoy them together uh -huh. i enjoy this sort of like big messy feud they're having it's fun yes. but i was reading an article about how conan do you know him no but i saw that name somewhere it might have been when i was reading was, something today he was in lucha underground for a while which i i think you watched. i kind of watched it i didn't i was not a okay. regular watcher okay so, you know, and he's not a wrestler I have a ton of feelings about. I enjoy him, but I'm not the most familiar with him. So it's kind of a throwaway thing I read. But he feels that damage control has no chemistry. Hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on damage control's chemistry? Oh, I feel like I don't, I don't know that they have, I feel like they have chemistry in the sense that, like, they all seem to like enjoy being in this little stable together. Yes. But I think because Bailey's the mouthpiece, basically, I mean, they let EO talk sometimes. They let Dakota Kai talk sometimes. Mm -hmm. It feels less. I don't know. I, I kind of see what he's saying, but I also I don't think they have zero chemistry. That's kind of how I felt too. I felt like it got in my head and I immediately wanted to defend them as being like, yeah. no, they have amazing chemistry. And then I was like, well, do they? Because they have cause chemistry, right? Like they all think that everyone else sucks and they're better and they want to demonstrate that and, you know, rise to the top of the ranks. But I I feel like I'd like to hear more from EO and Dakota sometimes, even though I love Bailey. I never want Bailey to stop talking or... Mm -hmm 
leading a faction or doing anything like that. But I, I feel like I want those other characters to grow a little bit more. Yeah, I agree because I, I mean, Asuka and um, Alexa both have a pretty storied background and I think, and maybe yes. they've been around longer than EO and I mean, been in this current, this incarnation of their careers, I guess. Right. Longer than Dakota Kai and Eo Sky have. So, yeah, it seems like those two personalities, like Asuka and Alexa, both have really big personalities. And I think maybe like Dakota Kai and Eo Sky's personalities just haven't really bloomed as much yet. And so I think that's what it is. Because both like Bailey and Bianca are really good, like front women for their, for their causes. Yes. But I think you're right. I, I immediately wanted to be like, no, it's good. It's fine. But you know, like maybe it's, maybe it just needs a little oomph. Yeah, I, I, I think within every argument I don't like, there's a point I should consider. So that was my, that was my That's point. So diplomatic of you. Thank you. I am a really good, fair-minded person who never makes snap judgments or has a single shattitude about anything. That's how I've always known you. Now I've always known you, my friend. I had a major discovery in that match. Well, before that match that I just wanted to bring okay. up. I didn't realize that their title belts were Velcro. <laughs> like, I thought... They're looking for snaps. Like, I thought that, yeah, I thought they, like, snapped on. I thought they snapped or, on, like, too. like, the little, like, a nub goes through a little hole kind of thing. Yes, like, one of those little pegs yeah, that go... Yeah, but then I think... Yo was taking hers off and I heard like the of the Velcro and I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I, it's amazing the things I don't know. It's amazing. I love when something simple like that blows your mind too. Yeah, I was, my mind was like, blown. what the? Yeah. My mind was absolutely no. Blown. You weren't the only one who didn't know. You absolutely weren't. I did really like the, the match. Um, like I liked watching uh, EO Sky wrestling and yes. <clears throat> excuse me and i think one thing i noted about her is like she like kicked out at one at least one time which i really like because i feel like it's always like everybody kicks out at two everybody kicks out at two and she like kicked yeah. out right away and i was like thank you like because it does happen i feel like i never see that anymore so i just wanted to make sure i gave some props there no i like that too like established dominance girl just prove it you know absolutely I think this was a really, really good match. And if these people do not have chemistry in their stable, then I absolutely think that they have enough chemistry in the ring to pull them through. I think that's a good point. I agree. Does that feel fair? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. Plus, I'm still willing to fight Conan for their honor. So, okay. which is really unfair because I don't think he's been well. Oh, but. well, maybe wait till he's better. Wait and then fight. better. Like sneak up on him, sneak up behind him. You can be a heel. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, um, this is another really serious Ooh, question. Okay. Do you think we could be eligible for the Ms. Force? I mean, that one dude that like had the black eye. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because all those guys are probably wrestlers, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, Especially the guy with the mullet. And I was like, that guy that's got the black eye, he must have just had a match. And he just got like, you know, probably slammed his face into a corner on purpose and i was just thinking about that i don't think that i could handle the Miz force i 
I don't want to be yelled at by him. When he yelled, you were supposed to be a leech at them when they failed. I, I almost died. <laughs> they were just all neatly in a pile. I am absolutely going to get a vinyl sticker to go across my bathroom mirror that says you were supposed to be elite, and I'm just going to shame myself with it every day until I'm misforce material. Like if we ever have a, um, was it Tea Public? Yes. If we ever have a little Tea Public shop, let, let's make that a vinyl sticker. Write that down somewhere. You were supposed to be elite. I love that. Although, I mean, to be fair, the Miz could 100% sue us for Could that. He really? I don't know. I mean, I I've also in my life said to myself you were supposed to be elite so prove me wrong mike <laughs> usually every day around two o'clock when i have accomplished nothing i <laughs> look at myself and say you were supposed to be elite and no that's amazing i also i don't think i'll ever get tired of dexter loomis i so it's really funny <laughs> i was like writing notes and i was like this is amazing and i was writing down i was like I wanted him to cradle Miz like a baby. And as I'm writing that, he like did it. And I was just like, yes. this is fantastic. I wanted him to cradle him like a baby before he rendered him unconscious. Right. But like, right. I, For bonding. it was great. He's so red. Like Dexter Lewis is so red. Because he's in fuego with rage. <laughs> but he also <laughs> loves Miz. I'm just, I can, I'm just loving this. I never want this to end and I'm afraid it's going to very soon. Have you, are you telling me that you've never loved someone so much that you wanted to both destroy their elite bodyguard force <laughs> and cradle them like a baby? Because you have not lived a rich human experience. I, not. I just, you just haven't. I just should diminish into the West. <laughs> I feel like this storyline is one of those things that like WWE doesn't always do well, but when they do, they can do it really, really well. And that's the extremely silly storyline. Yes. Like, this is straight up silly. <laughs> really so this good. is a man dressing up as a hockey statue and cutting holes in the ring and leaving artfully created family portraits at the Mrs. House. Like, it's goofy as shit, but I'm here for it and I want them to do it forever. It's just like hilarious cartoon antics. I love it so much. Yes. And it's like when it's bad, it's so bad when they do these storylines. But And I was trying to think of another one that I liked as much as this. And I, I don't know if you have like a super silly storyline that comes to mind for you that was actually really good. I don't. I Off the top of my head, no. I, that's, I was in the same place. I'm like, usually when you guys are really, really silly, it's not great. But this is I, I'm trying to think undeniably of like, great. I don't know if I can even think of another silly storyline. And obviously there have been many, but... I feel like the ones that always just keep jumping out are just always like someone being an a-hole about someone's family and that someone gets mad and that's the storyline. It's like, okay. So for a deep cut, for example, do you remember, um, I want to say it was Mabel and I believe Mabel became Viscera, but I might be wrong about that. And someone got Mae Young pregnant, and it was him, and she gave birth to a hand. <laughs> and it was like this big, drawn-out drama. No, I do not. And she gave birth to a hand. No, the last, I, the last, no. See, that's deeply silly. It's so silly. But it's deeply dumb. Or like... Do you remember when Dean Ambrose like thought the fans were dirty and he started wearing a gas mask and whatnot and he ended up in 
the hospital getting inoculated against the fans, <laughs> getting a shot in his butt. I was like, that's that's stupid. Like, that's not any good. It's no Dexter Loomis. No, that's not. I don't like the whole Edge and Vicky getting married thing. Do you think that's yes. silly or that's just bad? I think it was very silly. I think it walked the line and sometimes yeah. it was bad. Yeah, that was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when Jack Swagger, was it Jack Swagger was really proud to be an American? Yes. And Zeb Coulter followed him around and hover around. Like, yes. What? Yeah. And he had the whole outline of the palm over your heart t-shirt line. Yes. That really stressed me out. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that either. That felt like QAnon in the ring 100%. Yes, it did. <laughs> yep. Those are things I can do without. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, like we talked about this, there were a lot of good matches, but not a ton that I need to say a ton about. Okay. And I feel like part of that is because we're in this holding place that we talked about last time, where it's like, you've got extreme rules coming up soon, and no one is really talking about extreme rules. And then you've got Crown Jewel coming up, and Crown Jewel is kind of this like alternate universe where things kind of affect the main story, but they kind of don't affect the main story. Yeah. And then you've got Survivor Series even farther out and i so some of these matches i was like this is great how does this like seth rollins versus Rey mysterio great but where do we go from here do we go anywhere from here yeah. are we just leaving this here tonight i did think it was great that in the wwe the consensus is that you really should beat your son <laughs> it really is up. like you're making a mistake if you're not just beating the shit out of your son I just like people really do not like dominic and like, I feel kind of bad for him. Like, and it's, I have said it before, but it's not because of the whole storyline. They just don't like him. <laughs> I don't think I agree with you, but I'm like, I need to talk to like a wider pool of people to see which of us is yeah. right. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm willing to believe either is correct. I just, that's the vibe I get. I don't get a fun, I hate you vibe like they do with like John Cena, mm -hmm. right? Like with the John Cena sucks chant. Like I get the... I really don't want to see your dumb face, Dominic, vibe. Well, I think there's like, man, being a heel is so complicated, right? Like when you're a face, you're usually just a face. Yeah. Or you might be kind of a dick face, but you're, that's not what I meant to say, but you're a face <laughs> who might be a dick, not a dick face. Anyway, when you're a heel, you can be like the heel that people don't really hate at all, but kind of rib a lot. Or you could just be the guy that, that like John Cena is a perfect example um you can be the heel that people love to hate and you can be the heel that people hate to see you yeah. know like there's a lot there yeah so i just i feel like he's he's drawing heat when he's not even doing anything and maybe that just means he's really good i don't know i just really get this feeling that like they like everybody else in judgment day and not him so i think for me it's not that he's doing anything so amazing it's that he did something that for a lot of wrestling fans feels really unforgivable. Okay. Well, like when you let yourself slide into that kind of marquee place that is the most fun place to watch wrestling. Yeah. Like when it kind of hits you in the gut and you're like, oh, yeah. like Rey Mysterio is so beloved. And to have his baby boy <laughs> turn on him for a beautiful and frightening dominant woman. Like, I want you to be right. I want you to be right. I absolutely do. Because I... I don't know. It doesn't, it's not fun then if it's just like, we hate you because we hate you. Mm -hmm. Like for me anyway. I mean, if they hated his hair, I'd be behind them. 
That boy has wretched hair. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Deeply <laughs> unfortunate. Welcome to a new segment on Wrestling is for Girls called Deeply Unfortunate. In this week's Deeply Unfortunate, we take a deep dive into Dominic Mysterio's hair. And Logan Paul's hair, if we're, go we're going that way, because oh. his hair is terrible. And he says he overcomes everything, but he hasn't overcome his hair. So, You know, that's a really salient point. I just don't like him. Don't you think, though, that, I mean, like, Logan Paul is so awful that his hair may be the best thing about him, despite how terrible it is? You're, yeah, you're, you're right about that. Maybe his work ethic? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I Yeah. Just... Maybe. Pass. Hard pass. Yep. Swipe left on yep. that, unless left is. I don't know which. Swipe. I don't. I never. No. <laughs> um, I've, I've never swiped, so I don't know. Me either. I'm okay with that. Who else do we have to talk about? What do you think about this drama that's going on with uh, Finn Balor and AJ Styles? So I. <laughs> So I I wrote I said that Finn was the smarmy ex who like doesn't get it like he's just like what's wrong yes! babe you know like what um, you don't want to hang and, and like AJ is just like you're just really not understanding and I know he said I'll watch my own back but it sounded like he said I'll wash my own back and I was like cutting I don't know if that's you know me going down a dark road that nobody asked me to go down <laughs> but. Um, I think it's really interesting and given, you know, later in the night, I really enjoyed when he just like, they went to do, you know, Finn wanted him to do the two sweet. Yes. And yeah. he just flipped him off. I laughed really hard at that. I enjoyed that. Um, that might be I my favorite too. moment of AJ Styles ever. So I'm enjoying I it. surprising. I really like him and Finn together. I like the sort of weird thing they're doing. <laughs> Um, I missed the like honeymoon period of their relationship and came in right in at the really ugly breakup where Finn took the TV, even though AJ paid for it. So Yikes. like, I, I am really digging how like clueless Finn is being. I love when a heel can pull off like, no, seriously, why don't you like him? <laughs> he really is. He, yeah. He like, what what I do, man? I thought we were bros. But I am enjoying that. Um, I think later on, because we kind of talked about like um, not really getting, I mean, I still don't 100% feel the Finn heel part of Judgment Day vibe. Like he still mm -hmm. kind of sticks out for me as like not really fitting in. And maybe yes, that'll, maybe that's the point, you know, at some point maybe he'll go back to being like virtuous Finn. But I think when he like, he seemed much more like healy to me tonight than he has in a while, you know, where he like really helped beat the shit out of AJ and then obviously didn't because he still has, you know, a lot of love for him. Very strong feelings there. Didn't crush his windpipe with a metal chair. Which, I mean, really, what a statement of passion and love that still burns. I did not take out your windpipe. Yeah, and he made sure he let I him did know. Not like, I could have though. killed you right now. I could have killed you, but I, I, kind didn't, of, I didn't kill you. I kind of like the psychoness of that. Me too. That's like I need it. I need if Finn's gonna be a heel, I need him to fucking commit. Yes. And he like and you know now that I now that I think about it, I feel like this is something I've always wanted more of from Finn Balor. I've always wanted like 
more character development to go with the insanely good wrestling. Yeah. Like, I like you've got me sold on your in-ring skills, Finn. You do yeah. not need to do any more work to convince me. But like, I know that you've got like personality to spare. Mm -hmm. Like, give me more of this. So yeah, like maybe, I mean, this is either like he commits and goes full psycho or AJ gets him out of the cult and they get back together. Yeah, that's, that's, those are the only two ways that that's going. I think so. Maybe Edge will save him. That would be nice, right? Like he starts a halfway house for wrestlers who've been in heel factions. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead to the end of the uh, show because jump, there are some things that I want now. to mention in between. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but I was just like, we had talked about this, I think, on our last episode about the joy that wrestling has the capacity to evoke in us like that feeling of like super duper excitement and wonder and like when edge came out and was like spearing the shit out of people like yes! i felt that again like i felt so yes. happy and like wonderful in its like literal sense i was so excited and so happy and it was nice to feel that again. i i felt that way too i love that there is like some kind of maple leaf signal that goes up like the bat signal in Canada and Edge just comes out of nowhere and there he is. Yeah. Um, I feel like there'll never, there's just some wrestlers that I'll never get tired of seeing yep. them. And Edge is one of them. He's at the top of the Me list. Too. I love him. I love him too. I am. Okay. So like, let's talk about the outcome of that. An I quit match at extreme. I know, right? Like gimmick match of Palooza. Yes, I fucking love. Like I'm, yes. I am so excited. I wasn't. I mean, I was excited for Extreme Rules because I always like a pay per view, but now I'm like super excited. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it's important to remember, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, that I quit doesn't mean I quit wrestling forever. <laughs> it can. But it doesn't have to. So sometimes, like if you go back to the most technical definition, I sound like an utter asshole right now. If you go back to the most technical definition of an I quit match, it just means that you cannot pin your opponent. You have to submit them, not necessarily with a submission hold or move, but by getting them to say I quit. Oh. that's. But frequently, I quit matches will grow yeah. or even just start out with a stipulation that I will quit wrestling. I will quit SmackDown. I will quit okay. whatever. So I am hoping that this explodes to huge stakes. Well, I've been running around fretting because I kind of forgot about the like lower stakes. I quit part of it. And I was like, oh my God, wait, is Edge going to be gone again? I don't want Edge to be gone again. Is Finn going to quit and go to AEW? What's happening? <laughs> like, I was just like all these scenarios. I, I think it's very likely that what this match comes down to is if Finn wins, Edge will quit WWE. He'll never wrestle again. But if Edge wins, Finn will leave the judgment day. That is my guess. Okay. With a little interference from his most recent ex, AJ Styles. That makes some sense. I see. I like your brain. I like where it's going. Cause thank you. That match, that was an I quit match once upon a time with Matt and Jeff, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. That was an I Quit match. Okay, I thought so. We don't have to talk about that right now. Okay. We don't have to talk about that right um, now. But I, that's what I thought it was. Um, so uh, the other thing I was very excited about was Candice LeRae. I love Candice LeRae. I was very excited to see her yes. show back up. Yes. And like, so happy. I didn't get enough of her before, and then she like was gone, and now she's back, and I just – She's so fun to watch and so talented. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really happy that she's back. I don't love the Poison Pixie moniker, but whatever. It's it's very Candice LeRae. Is it? Okay. I, yeah, I feel like well, I don't remember her being like that cutesy about it before. So, I, I mean, she never wore fairy wings from Party City before. Okay, maybe that's, that's what for I... Sure. <laughs> but I feel like being like cute and spunky yes, and tough yes. has like been the Candace LeRae 100%. Brand. And she does it very, very she well. Does. It's not gross. It's just like the, like, fine, she's the poison pixie. That's adorable. But like, I was just like, this feels strange. But I'm hoping, I feel like she could be a potential friend of the show. Absolutely. Um, and if she ever is, I'm going to tell her that in this house, we refer to Johnny Gargano as Mr. Candace LeRae. Excellent. So um, I would love to have her be a friend of the show. She also could be someone who could bring your dream of amazing intergender wrestling matches yes. to WWE. I hope so. I really like she's yeah. When when she when I first like found out about her and kind of read some more about her and other podcasts I listened to talk about her. I was just like, she's amazing. I feel like she could definitely do this and. I would love intergender wrestling. Yeah. So, uh, Candace, if you happen to hear this, we love you. Yes. We love what you do, and we'd love to talk to you about it. And you can make fun of any nicknames that I have as well. It's totally fine. <laughs> and I will forward you a list of her nicknames <laughs> to help you facilitate that process. I just, I don't know. She's so great. Um, she is great. Uh, I had, I feel like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Nope. I was going to say, I feel like relentless positivity does not work for most wrestlers as a character trait, but I feel like it kind of works for her. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I buy her as the absolute face. It totally works for I think me, because but she's, I also think she's good as a I'm sorry. I think it's because she's, she's never, like, over the top with it. Like, mm -hmm. it seems, like, sincere all the time. Like, she's just, like, really that, like, in that great of a mood all the time. Yes. Um, so that made me really happy. I was really glad about that. Uh, I have a question for you about Sami Zayn. Okay. Okay. So it. you know how he, he like tapes up his wrists and like kind of yes. goes up his forearm. Do you think that he like puts a bandage around it and then puts tape? Or do you think he just straight up tapes his arms and then rips all the hair out biweekly? For the integrity of his skin biome, I really hope <laughs> he uses an ace bandage. Like, that's a question I want to ask him. That's a really good question. I don't have an answer to, but yikes. I just feel like if we could get some wrestlers on here and interview them, we'd ask them really important questions that people, you know, want to know. Like, I don't really, I mean, I care, but I don't really care about, like, how you feel about your wrestling moves. I want to know about how you tape up your arms. Hard-hitting journalism exactly. on wrestling is for There's girls. There's got to be somebody who wants yep. to know this stuff that's not just me. Um... That's all I had actually for that. I, I did have a moment where I was like when Damien and um, Matt Riddle 
were wrestling, which mm-hmm. was like quite an interesting match that like at one point Matt Riddle had like climbed up on Damien and I wanted Damien to say, Hold on, Spider Monkey, and then they were gonna like <laughs> jump on <laughs> Wrestling's Edward Cullen, Damien Priest. <laughs> Okay, but like legit real talk, if someone deep faked Matt Riddle's face onto every frame of Bella from any Twilight movie. <laughs> yeah, cold ones. I'm here for it. Is his vibe supposed to be like a Jay from Jay and Silent Bob kind of thing, but like more like yeah. chipper? I don't I don't know. No, like I, I think like stoner dude is supposed to be his ethos okay, right so now. So he's just kind of going with that okay mm-hmm. i mean i knew the stoner dude thing yeah. was but like sometimes he's kind of stonery and sometimes he's not and so i wasn't sure if he had, had a certain source of inspiration that you knew of i think he's like a stoner dude who occasionally like his rage surfaces above the bong water and then like you know he fights <laughs> but the rest of the time he's got his scooter he's got his flippy floppies he's a happy-go-lucky dude yeah he's very grapply Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking excited thought... to see Fight Pit. <laughs> I'm that's what I was gonna say. Like, I'm so excited for Fight Pit. Like <laughs> Damian Priest is great. I really like Damian Priest. But Damian Priest, get out of here so we can talk about Fight Pit. Yeah, I'm. And how much these like how much Seth and Matt hate each other. I'm really excited for Fight Pit. I'm scared that things are going to be broken, including hearts. I was just gonna like hearts. I'm ready. <laughs> Hearts, minds, will to live. Yes. Things will be said that cannot be unsaid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things will be done that cannot be undone in the fight pit. I'm just, I'm just like, is there, is it, are they going to actually make it a pit? Like, if they don't, I quit wrestling. Are they going <laughs> to, if they don't make a fight pit? Fuck you if it's not a pit. Abigail's having an I quit match. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Abigail's need to see Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins fight in a dirty pit versus this with, podcast. <laughs> with vipers in it. And then with, Randy oh Orton comes well, back and like dressed up as a viper. <laughs> like in a really bad school mascot costume. He's been like slithering around the whole time. Slither. <laughs> I mean, I'd buy it. His eyes, he's, you know. Yeah, 100%. I'm here for it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'm excited about Fight Pit. That's Extreme Rules. No, or is that Crown Jewel? I'm getting them confused because they're also talking about Royal Rumble now, which is in fucking January. I love the Royal Rumble. That is. You don't have to start talking about it now. I know tickets are on sale and that's why they're hyping it up, but there's now four pay-per-views they're talking about in September. There's too many balls in the air, right? Too many dicks on the dance floor. There's too many dicks on the dance floor. It's like, you guys have got to focus on one thing at a time. And obviously, that should be the fucking fight pit. (laughs) And nothing else. Fight pit. Fight pit. Fight pit. pit, I'm so excited. I wish I could watch it with you. Well, we we could. We could develop an innovative approach. Fight pit. And fight just record while we watch we'll have to see what happens for the fight pit pit fight pit i'm gonna keep working on crazy ways to say fight pit yeah fidget 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 no that doesn't work because oh i like fidget pit is not spelled (laughs) p-i-g-h-t fight pipe (laughs) i think i was thinking more like fight pit oh okay fight pit you know like voices but i i like fight pipe (laughs) quite a bit fidget pidget 
Okay. This feels like a great place to ask if there was any wrestling news of the week that you'd like to talk about. Um, I thought, well, I don't know if it was news, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, Seth Rollins had a move that he pulled called the Peruvian necktie. And I was like, bing, 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 of course, because anything Peruvian pings my little radar. That's Relevant. That is a finishing move from a lady wrestler on uh, over at AEW. Very nice. Do you know? Do you remember Thunder who? Rosa? Okay. I know a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't know. First, I love that he's like hauling out like another wrestler's finishing move from another brand. I think that's amazing. Yes. But then also that it's a sure lady wrestler. Also awesome. Mm-hmm. So that just really pleased me. I had no idea because I was like, I've never heard of that move. What is it? And I looked it up and apparently it, it's been around since the 90s. And it originated in like MMA jujitsu circles. Um, so not really news, but I thought that was pretty cool. I had heard of the Colombian necktie, yes, which is not a wrestling move. They did that in Hannibal. Yes, they sure and did. It was horrible. They sure did. <laughs> so I think just by oh. default, I prefer the Peruvian necktie. <laughs> Yeah, it seems it's a submission hold, so it's much less about a tongue outside of the mouth. Keeping the tongue inside oh, the mouth. God. But like, Seth is a, a truly great wrestler. This mm-hmm. is not news or an innovative opinion, but like, I I really look forward to how many years of career he likely has left mm-hmm. and just how many more kick-ass things I am going to get to see him do during that time. So I agree. I enjoy him. I don't love the freaking mm-hmm. in his name, but. Either, it's, but you know he loves it. He loves it. He's doing his thing. It's fine. How about you? Do you have news? Well, it's uh, it's one of those like nice news stories that boomers are always like, why don't they put stuff like that on the nightly news? Oh, okay. So, uh, for you people who love good news, John Cena has just set a world record, the Guinness Book of World Records for longest days of not being seen. Peak invisibility. <laughs> no, he has fulfilled the most wishes for Make-A-Wish oh kids of anyone in the history of the program. That's amazing. It's really, John Cena's a good dude. That's really nice. Yeah, I just thought that was really sweet and kind of a nice, uh, you know, nice thing to recognize him for. I feel like that also really speaks to the reach of wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. that like, there are a lot of children who fucking love wrestling and who fucking love John Cena and they've picked him. He's like, he's like the Hulk Hogan of this generation. Right. But without like the really deeply yeah. problematic shit, but he's like, like that a Hulk Hogan. He's like a Hulk Hogan that you are not in 20 years going to be like, Oh shit. Yeah. I hope so. Anyway, you know. I hope so. I hope so too. Uh, John Cena, stay good. Stay pure of heart and mind. Maybe you can and, come on uh, our show. You can come on the show and uh, teach an advanced level class in thugonomics. And how to go invisible. And how to go invisible. I think that's really <laughs> nice news. I'm glad you shared that. That's really cool. Yeah. This week we do see John Cena and we like what we see. We do. Good job, John Cena. Keep up the good work. That was it, though, for me okay. from uh, for Wrestling News of the Week. Well, all right. Then I guess we can wrap up here. Yeah, I, I think that's it. This has been another episode of Wrestling is for Girls. A podcast for everyone. Thanks, everybody. 
Thank you for joining us. And uh, until next week, stay safe, stay tuned in, and stay weird. Bye.